He always seems to get involved, doesn't he? I'm telling you, too many coconuts have hit him right on top of the skull. Well, I think uh, Anthony will be a great acquisition. He can do it all. Avery, whose show is this? And we're live. Welcome, everybody, here to the Lakers Lounge. I'm Anthony Irwin, today joined by, and as I normally am joined yes. by on Thursdays, by Aaron Larsoul. We decided to hold off on this one and, and have a the rare post-game conversation, um, which, you know, the Lakers just lost their fourth straight, and the vibes are not exactly immaculate. So and no, So uh, now I Aaron, have to pop in? And and now, Aaron, you are going to have to answer for the Lakers' sins. So oh, I apologize cool. in advance for for uh, the questions that I'm Lucky. going to have for you mm-hmm. for a nice big helping of of mm-hmm. unnamed cognac. Uh, although I think that's probably tequila. If you have ice in it, I'm guessing. No, it's no, this is a um, this is a, a whiskey and a little bit of just a little splash of ginger. Ooh, whiskey gingers are good. Yeah, I don't. I, I love I, whiskey I, ginger. I've, I, I wanted to make sure that I was um, lucid and present for this fine episode of the Lakers Lounge. So I decided I decided to uh, to start on these a little earlier because I've been <laughs> drinking since this afternoon. So I decided to go with this instead of the uh, the straight Hennessy, which is what I would normally do. Excuse me. Today's phone, episode yeah. uh, is brought to you by Sleeper. Use that promo code LA Lounge to get a hundred bucks back in your first deposit match. Use uh, again that promo code LA Lounge. Terms and conditions apply. See sleeper.com/slash/terms/slash/referrals for details. And also play responsibly. So we will be, uh, you know, talking about them here in a second, and we will get some uh, picks in for tomorrow's action as well as we head off into and if the, the over uh, on, holiday weekend. If you had the over on Anthony Davis stuff this evening, you probably did pretty well. Quite well. Quite well. Um, you know, would have done a little bit better uh, if, Maybe the, if under the Lakers D-Lo. kept passing him. Maybe the under kept. on d <laughs> That's a good bet. Um, I had I had somebody text me like, over or under for points for d What would you set it at? And I'm like, hmm. <laughs> <laughs> it was... <laughs> It was not an incredible back-to-back for D'Lo offensively, <laughs> scoring-wise. Uh, so the uh, the Lakers lose tonight to the Minnesota Timberwolves in a game that felt very winnable up until, I would say, the last seven or eight minutes of it. The, the final here was 118 to 111. I think it is kind of indicative uh, of the uh, caliber of uh, teams here that that final score there without LeBron. If you would have told me going into this game, the Lakers lost by like seven or eight points in Minnesota, second night of a back to back without LeBron, and they lose by seven, I'd say that tracks. Yeah, I, I believe. I think I looked before the game, and I believe um, Minnesota were eight and a half point favorites. And this is kind of where the game mostly hung is around six, five to eight to nine um, in in Minnesota's favor. The Lakers tied it at 70, and then uh, Minnesota went on a run. Minnesota got it up to, I think, as much as 15 or so at one point. But kind of the whole night, it felt like the Lakers were losing by about five or seven, and it felt like the Lakers were losing by 15 because they were just kind of getting outplayed. 
Um, mm-hmm. So yeah, I think I think you're right on balance. A, a seven point loss is pretty fair for how the game went. I would say it, it just it feels about right. Yeah, and so like that's kind of where I wanted to like I I, I need to make sure to maintain like context in this right in. You know, look, I think between the two games, the game that I was a lot more frustrated by was um, was last night's game, clearly, right? Where Raj, yeah, I mean, when, <laughs> yeah. when Raj loses his effing mind in the same way, in the way that he did last night, uh, I, like, you know, I, I think that is the game that, that I'm uh, obviously going to have a, a lot bigger problems with. But, you know, that said, um, I think some of the same, like, even while I acknowledge that I didn't think the Lakers were going to, excuse me, win this game, there were some like similar problems that keep popping up that I find myself annoyed with. Like I, when I was a coach, um, the thing that would piss me off more than anything else that a player could possibly do is keep making the same mistake over and over and over and over and over again. Right. Mm -hmm. Because what that indicates is that that player doesn't think it's a mistake and or or it indicates that, like, I am doing a poor job on my end of communicating that the thing that they are doing is a mistake. Right. And, um, you know, that is the thing. That's where I've arrived here with Darvin Ham, where I don't think some of these things that, you know, are frustrating me. um. I don't think he sees them as mistakes. So if that is the case, then, you know, what am I supposed to do with that? You know, like he, he and I just see the the sport differently and, you know, whether it's uh, going, you know, sitting Austin in the fourth quarter tonight or the five out offense or relying as much as he would prefer to rely on guards. Like, you know, at some point you, you do have to start to acknowledge, all right, he and I just don't see eye to eye on this one. Right. It's kind of like Frank Vogel when he was coaching and he kept relying on, on Avery Bradley at, at a certain point, I would have to sit there and say, all right, he sees something in Avery Bradley that I just do not. Yeah. And, and I have to just like accept it now. But the problem with accepting it is in this, like with Frank, him playing Avery Bradley a little bit too much here and there, that's like a minor problem that didn't wind up getting in the way of, of, of that team reaching the pinnacle that it was able to reach that year. They won a championship that year, but yeah. here with Darvin ham, the, the way that he sees the game and the disagreements that I have with the way that he sees the game, they feel a lot more foundational and they feel like the kind of thing that will hold this team back from the pinnacle that I think this team is capable of reaching. And so that's why, like, today on the show, we're going to talk about Darwin. We're going to talk more about D'Angelo Russell because we have to. And then we're going to wrap with Rui Hachimura stuff. But, like, starting here with Darwin, this is that's the part of all of this that I think is driving me the most insane is it's the same effing thing that I find myself confused by. So let me put I think I think what you're saying is largely fair, but let me let me put this caveat on it is that whether it's Frank Darvin or Luke Walton or Phil Jackson or Greg Popovich or Eric Spolster or 
Steve Kerr or Red Arbach or whoever, um, coaches have to deal with a lot more, or not have to deal with. There's a lot more that goes into coaches' decision making than what we as fans see. Right. Oh there. my God. You guys are hearing it here first. Rob Polink <laughs> is telling Darvin Ham to play uh, D'Angelo Russell killer. to keep up his trade. <laughs> easy, easy, easy killer. <laughs> Hold on. Let me get the little sip here. If I shake this, can you guys hear the ice in it? I went, I, you know, I told you I went ice earlier. Um, yeah. So I think it's just, I think it's more complicated than just let me see what happens on the floor during games. Um, there are politics that are involved, whether that comes from the front office. I'm not saying that comes from the front office, but in like conceptually that can come from the front office that can be interpersonal dynamics with different players on the roster. It can be between players and assistant coaches, players and the head coach, all of those things come into play. There are politics and everything. So it's not as simple. And, you know, as you said, there, maybe there are things you're not seeing, right? These guys are seeing. NBA teams don't barely practice, but when they do practice, we are not seeing that. I get to see some of it, but not all. I don't get to see all of it either. So there's it, it's there's more to it than just everybody on the floor, like in the moment and what it looks like. Um, but I have found some of the decisions confusing. Also, it doesn't mean I'm right. It doesn't mean you're right. It doesn't mean no. Darwin's wrong, but. To be fair to the point you're making, I have found some of the decisions confusing. It doesn't necessarily mean that we're right, and it doesn't necessarily mean that the Lakers' record would be any different if if they were on the Anthony Irwin plan or the Aaron Larsoul plan. But I, I have found some things, some decisions questionable. To be fair to Darvin, though, you're going to say that about literally every coach. But I do. the points you're making are not unfair. So one such thing that I find myself bumping up against here. Uh, so Brandon Oameng is, is how I'm guessing how I'm supposed to say your name. Um, why is D'Lo getting more minutes than Reeves? And then SimCity, who I believe is the, the, the same SimCity from our All Access Lakers uh, playback events or whatever, uh, streams. Uh, says that according to Jovan and I, and I, <laughs> it's such an insane quote that I had to go to Twitter to confirm that it's real. Jovan Buha, uh, uh, according it, it to Jovan, Darvin Ham said post game that he prefers to keep Austin Reeves in the 27, 28 minute range as it keeps him fresh and efficient. And it's like, look, man, that's a new policy. No, I just, um, no, like, I just disagree with it. And I don't know where <laughs> I, as far as I know, and you see me on my phone, like you see me. I'm sorry, but you, yeah, this can be what a post game. But this is like this is one of the things that I'm talking about. Um, people are texting me about people in the organization, and you know what? I'll leave it at that. But um, yeah, if as far as I know, if that is a policy for Austin, I don't know where. How about this? If that's a policy for Austin, I don't know where that's coming from. It's news um, to me. It can be. It can be. It can be a Darwin preference, and maybe again, maybe there are things that we are not privy to. Maybe Austin and Darwin have had this conversation, or maybe the training staff, uh, the strength and conditioning staff, the medical staff, 
have had this conversation with Darvin. Not to my knowledge, but it's possible. So I want to acknowledge that it's possible. But I will tell you this. If that is like, I don't think that's like a company mandate, that that's like a team-wide policy for him. I, I don't that believe so. That hasn't been the policy to this point. And he's I, been... All I'm saying is I don't believe so. Well, he, I don't know, but I don't believe so. And if it was, I would guess I would have heard it. We are now three years into the Austin Re- in, into Austin Reeves' career. At no point has 27 20 to 28 minutes been a conversation that has ever been had. At no point have we have I ever watched Austin play at the end of a game and said, yeah, that guy doesn't have legs because of how much he has played to this point if he has exceeded 27 to 28 minutes. This is like a new and, and again, like so I think a lot of times fans, when their team falls short of their expectations, will a little too quickly jump to coaching because it's a lot easier to blame a clo- coach and it's a or lot easier that, to fire one a person co- as opposed to 15. Yeah. And then like, like people generally speaking, don't like care as much about a coach as they care about like their favorite player or their favorite players. Right. So it's a lot easier to get angry at a coach and say that a coach sucks than like it is to say that maybe just maybe their favorite players might not be playing very well. Um, but in this case here, there's all of this noise and there's all of this frustration with Darvin Ham. And at like no point do I find myself like really feeling the need to go out of my way to combat that, that criticism. If anything, I feel like I, I have my critiques. I have sure. my questions. And, and again, like I want to be absolutely clear when I have critiques about coaching, just like when I have critique critiques about players, I'm in no way, shape or form form saying that like, I think I would be better or I think I know more about no <laughs> I am just as likely to out con- converse uh Darvin Ham in a basketball conversation as I am to guard LeBron James like these people there's a lot more that goes like Aaron just said there's a lot more that goes into every single conversation made or every single uh decision made um about a team then you or I, you know, you and I, Aaron, we talk what an hour a week or so on average about basketball, right? And then like we'll I text mean, on, and, the and, <laughs> on the air, on the air, on the air. But yeah. like, but like these guys, it is hours and hours and hours and hours of research and data that goes into into the decisions that they make. So if if for some reason all of that data. What, fart, what farts out on the other end of all of that data is that Austin needs to play less than okay, but I need more than I, like, I, I need to see some of that data. I need to see anything to this point that would indicate that that is the case because the last couple games late in these fourth quarters, Austin has sat for a random minute the other day, the other day tonight, he sits for like three or four minutes and in the time that Austin is away from the court and, and somebody else is out there, uh, the lead grows to the point where like when Austin comes back in, you may as well have not brought him back in right tonight. He sat for four minutes in the fourth quarter when he went out, it was like a four or five point game. He comes back in and it's an 11 point game with four minutes to go. That's a big ask for somebody. And at that point, the game has been lost, I mean, especially, so- especially without LeBron. Yeah, and and it's just I I don't know I 
it's the Austin thing. It's the reliance on D'Lo when he hasn't had it for like all of December. It's the reliance on, uh, reliance on Torian Prince when every time Rui gets an opportunity, I feel like he shows that he should probably be getting more of an opportunity. Um, it's playing Jackson Hayes and Christian Wood only together, basically, and never having Christian Hayes out there surrounded by wings or Christian Wood surrounded by wings. The only guy who ever plays by himself out there is Jackson Hayes, who I believe is the lesser player uh, between him and Christian Wood. Like, there's just so much going on here. And, and like, the part of it that, that I find myself the most frustrated with is the type of basketball that won the Lakers this is in-season tournament. That stupid banner is flying in, in crypto arena um, because of a certain brand of basketball. I haven't seen a return to that basketball since they won it. Like it hasn't happened. <laughs> the, the the blitzing, the pre-rotations, the the getting out in transition, the the reliance on wings, like that is just it, it, it like we saw it, it was beautiful, it was mesmerizing, and then it was taken away. <laughs> so you and I talked about this on Tuesday, and, and we talked about it on all access Lakers a little bit. Yeah. But I really think that most of that, I do think there was a piece of LeBron more so than AD. I think there was a piece of LeBron putting his foot on the gas for the in-season tournament, but it wasn't just the in-season tournament games. Like the Lakers were good during that span. Cause remember in November, it was Tuesday, Friday, Tuesday, Friday, you know, for the in-season tournament games, but the Lakers were playing other games and were good during that stretch. It wasn't like, it wasn't like we care during these games and we don't care during the other games. And, but I, so I do think there was something to LeBron caring, but Honestly, I do, and I said this on 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 lounge lounge here Tuesday. The Lakers had a pretty easy path. The teams the Lakers were playing, like I think that has a lot to do with it. The Lakers did, and again, it's like no fault of the Lakers, right? You can only play who's on your schedule. But I mean, the, Lake, the Lakers. This have was only not. Lost this was not the juggernaut was not, that is the San Antonio Spurs, and they have only lost to the juggernaut that is the Dallas Mavericks on the second night of a back to back without Kyrie. The Mavs, the Mavs are good though. The Mavs are good. My point without is, Kyrie on the second night of a back to back. The Chicago Bulls is, are a juggernaut. Like the, the the Bulls have been playing. I'm not saying they're a juggernaut. You you're trying. You're you're, you're you know what I'm gonna I'm gonna leave Cooper alone. But <laughs> that's an inside joke. But I'm gonna leave Cooper alone. Um. My point is to say that, like, yes, I do think LeBron cared about winning the first in-season tournament and put his foot down. And I do think in good ways and in not so good ways, the rest of the guys take their cues kind of emotionally and effort-wise, et cetera, from LeBron. And I think think there has to be times where, because LeBron can't do it every night. and so when LeBron doesn't do it, I think the rest of the guys have to pick LeBron up instead of like looking to him for every piece of motivation every night because he just can't. He's in year 21. But I do think an underrated piece of this is the teams that the Lakers played in the tournament in aggregate just weren't any good. They were not like Memphis. Memphis like is bad. In the group, sure. Portland That's is fine. bad. Like there's not like... The, the 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 Lakers were playing teams at that time that were not not good about like and then but and then like, when you, you get to, you, and you, then when you get to the the semifinals and the finals like Phoenix is okay Phoenix has been missing everybody and Phoenix is fine ish 
Uh, they just lost to Portland. And then when you get to to Vegas, and Pelicans you're playing, playing well when the Lakers no, 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 beat the, the, Pelican, crap the Pelicans are decent. The Pelicans are decent, and Indy is Indy's fallen off the map also since the in season tournament. Everybody has their a, offense a is really good. They're not going to stop anybody. Yeah, but those two teams are not able to get to the Lakers level, and they're not able to get to that championship level that LeBron and AD can get to. So those are not teams that know when when LeBron and AD put their foot down and, and go on the gas and are trying to win something. Those are not teams that are that are accustomed to playing that level of basketball. And the Lakers beat the shit out of both of them because of, because of that. So I think that I think that some of it's random. I think some of it is that LeBron specifically was trying to prove a point. And I think that they just played bad teams and now they're playing better teams and maybe we're getting a more accurate level of who the Lakers actually are. I understand that it's frustrating to you well, and to Raj specifically. Can I ask because you, though, you Aaron, do like, see that level that you can get to. Well, can I ask you though, like you, so you, in watching those games and the ways that the Lakers won those games, right? You're, you're telling me you didn't see a different brand of basketball, a different identity in the ones that they won than they have played to this point because if you aren't seeing that, then like like you and no, I, I did the Lakers aren't played bigger. The same games. No, yeah, no, no, no. I did see that. Not the just Lakers better played, though, but not just better bigger. though, but like no, 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 better, not better, oh, okay, bigger, bigger. Okay, the Lakers okay, played bigger, yeah. and you know what's happened yeah. since then? Christian Wood and Jackson Hayes are not two of the best eleven guys, ten or eleven guys that the Lakers have. The two of them have been awful. Well, so do you do you stick with them just to and how bad Jackson was terrible tonight? Do you stick with them just because it's the identity of being bigger? Well, but it's not. But it wasn't. It wasn't just bigger in on the interior, right? It was bigger. Like Max Max Christie was getting minutes. You had, uh, you know, Rui was a bigger part of the rotation there. It was just. It was a bigger team on the perimeter. Aaron, when I talked to um, John Krasinski on. On the uh, Wolves preview pod, which yeah, again, yeah. I really hope you guys check out. It's yeah, it one of good. the better episodes yeah, that yeah, we've done. Was, it was good, yeah. Um, but like when when we were talking about and previewing this game, he was saying that like both of these teams can be huge on the perimeter, mm-hmm. and and like yeah, Gabe wasn't available for this one, but that would <laughs> that would have made not gonna make you smaller. any bigger on the perimeter. <laughs> <laughs> Gabe ain't even my size. Lane, I'm telling you, he he says his name. He like specifically told me before we went. I asked him like, "Is there any special way that you you pronounce your name?" He said, "No." I say it just like the actor. But so, so I talked to Jim from the office, um, and 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 he is apparently a huge Wolves fan. Um, but no, like I I uh, it, it's 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 the wing oriented identity. It's the it's the pre-rotations like the Lakers went from pre-rotating and flying all over the court to playing a shit ton of zone like that wasn't a part of their approach in that in-season tournament. I don't know where that came from all out, out of nowhere. And and again, like you and I talked, Aaron, about like the uh, the notion of getting reps in regular season games versus trying to win like an in-season tournament knockout game. Right. And and I do think like all of this zone that they're playing is 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 to get reps. But the thing is, in this Western Conference, you can't just focus on getting reps. At some point, you need to win these winnable games. Tonight was a winnable game. 
Both of the San Antonio Spurs games were winnable games. Chicago was a winnable game. The Dallas game after the in-season tournament, when you're more rested, is was a winnable game. And and they continue to just kind of like fart away these games. And like that's just it 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 calls to question the priorities of this coaching staff and of this of this team. And and again, it's just not something that I agree with. You know, I, I understand wanting to get various guys and various combinations reps. But at some point, you do need to get back down, back to the identity, throw that 106-mile-an-hour fastball if you can to win games. Like, no no baseball team. Baseball has a longer season. It's not like, it's not like you know, when the Yankees had Mariano Rivera to close out games, they were, like, throwing their left fielder out there just to see what he could do at the end of them. Wasn't it was, wasn't it? It wasn't Bernie Williams to close those games. It was, it was Mariano freaking Rivera. So I do think it's complicated, right? Like I, 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 this is one of those things like the NBA is one of those things where life comes at you fast, right? Like the Lakers are 15 and 10 and the four seeds, the five seed and are feeling pretty good and feel like you have some things figured out. Um, and then Cam falls off the map, D'Lo falls off the map, Jackson Hayes and Christian Wood fall off the map. And we're gonna then, talk about D'Lo and Gabe things. comes back, right? And then you're like, okay, wait, now what is so I here's a fair question to ask. Like, so there's there's two things here. Everybody in the chat and everybody uh, you know on Twitter and whatever about you want to get rid of him. Okay, this is kind of like the all-star game where you say you know, so-and-so got snubbed. Okay, well, who are you removing then? You don't get just get to add somebody and not take somebody out. So, like, Darwin's, first of all, not going anywhere. But if you if you want him gone, for whom? Like, who is just sitting out there that you want? So, let's... let. Well, you want me to answer it? Please! If you say Doc Rivers, I am, I am ripping out my Ethernet. No, it's not for some. It's not for anybody outside of the organization. It's Phil Handy. Okay, like I don't. Okay, I don't. I'm gonna leave that alone. I'm. Gonna, I'm a big fan of Phil's. So I will say that I'm a big fan. I am a big fan of Phil's. But to be fair, Phil's never done it. So, in some Neither respects, you're guessing again. I know Darvin hadn't. <laughs> So in some respects, you're guessing again. Well, here's here's. Uh, but here's I, I will thinking. say this: I'm a. Big by the fan way, I, I want to be. I want to be absolutely clear here. I am not saying fire Darvin Ham right now. He won't be. I think so. there are there are things there are things that that he and I clearly disagree with, and I think there are like like legitimate concerns now at this point with him as a head coach. But I don't think he should be fired. I do think. I do think like I, 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 I am now finding myself wondering like what it would take to start to have that conversation, you know, like would the Lakers have to lose seven straight, you know, would they have to lose, uh, would they have to be like out of play in positioning for, for, for us to start to have that conversation? You know, I think that's an interesting one. That again, I'm not really willing to entertain because I don't think it's going to get there. But if Darwin, like if if basically if Rob Polinka like wandered into my house right now, oh, I would. Get that, get I that, would. He would do, what do you watch? What do you What are you going to sit down and watch with him on the 85 in the foyer? 
What are you going to put on for him? Darvin Ham coaching tape. But you no, I would. I... <laughs> are you going to cook him something? Like, how are you welcoming Rob into your home? I want. I want to hear this. Well, for one thing, I'd be really nervous because it's like, man, th- this guy like found me <laughs> after everything I said about him. <laughs> <laughs> At this point, you are certain there's like, some secret service oh my God, or FBI or CIA going... <laughs> involvement. <laughs> the Lakers have the Lakers have enough like pull in it <laughs> to make it look like an accident, is the only thing that I would say. But like uh, no, if, if Rob like wandered into my office right now, sat down right next to me, and we were to have a conversation about it, right? And he was like, "Look, this is something that we're thinking about doing. Where should we go next?" I would probably say again before I mentioned Doc Rivers, before I mentioned Mike Budenholzer, before I mentioned just about any other coach that is out there and available to be hired as a head coach right now. I would say like I, I would give Phil Handy a shot at it because I know LeBron would buy into it. And also, I think Phil Handy, like, I, I, you you weren't paying, like, as close, att- uh, a clo- as close attention to the Lakers as I was back when this happened. But when um, Bickerstaff, Bernie Bickerstaff took over for Mike Brown, mm-hmm. he went, like, 6-0. and And it was, he basically said, like, they asked him, like, what's your coaching approach here? Like, how are you going to handle the situation how are you going to be like different enough from Mike Brown um, yet also effective enough to, to maintain like the focus of this team. Um, And he basically said like, I'm not going to overthink this. Like I have Kobe, I have Nash. This is like 2008, 2009. This was like, this was the Dwight Mary year. Like this was, Oh, this this was 2012. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Yeah. So like, so, so the the Lakers fired Mike Brown and, and Bernie Bickerstaff took, but uh they they bernie bickerstaff took over and and again he he basically said like i'm gonna get out of their way like i trust these guys these guys have all been playing basketball for a really really long time i'm gonna get out of their way and and i kind of feel like that would be the approach phil handy would take here where like he's he's a skills guy and i think at the end of the day he's really going to to trust his players and not and and not like over regimen like the way that they are he wants them playing offense. I think he would ditch the five uh five out offense, for example, just like Bickerstaff ditched the Princeton when he took over for for um Brown. Um, I like that is where I would go. Not saying I'm there, but that is where I would go if if Rob asked me. Wait, and, is that and, like, the Dwight Mayor? Like Dan Tony, the Dwight Mayor. Yeah, it was. So they that was that was an insane season. So they 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 brought Bickerstaff. Uh, he was the interim, and he goes like five and zero or six and zero or something like that. I think to this point, he is still like in terms of just winning percentage, yeah. the greatest Lakers coach ever. Better than hundred <laughs> <laughs> percent. That sounds um, and then good. and then that was a year. So that was a year though that like it was between Phil and D'Antoni. Phil thought he had it. And then, like at yes. midnight one night, it gets announced or it gets leaked that they are they were going to hire uh, D'Antoni instead of Phil. And you know, you you're you're obviously really close with Jeannie. It's like she says one to this day that's one of like the lower moments in her like Lakers life because she was thinking that you know Phil was going to be back and he was going to fix everything, and then Mike shows up and he just adds to the stresses that, that and then we get the, uh, was, was it sports illustrated? The picture of uh, Kobe and Dwight 
pretending no, like they were going to fight. No, it was Nash and Dwight. It was, that was at the beginning of the season. No, 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 no. There was the oh, picture of them in, like, the in, training in the room. locker room. In yeah. The, yeah. Yeah. In the training room. Yeah. Yeah. So anyway, but, but I, um, with Darvin, you know, I, I, he hasn't challenged a call in like a month. He waits way too long on his timeouts. His rotations to me are concerned. Like, again, it's easy. I think, I think it's far too easy to knock coaching in, in, in yeah. professional sports. Yes. But I also think he makes it very easy to knock his coach. So just as an exercise here, and yeah. again, I'm, I'm not like here trying to cape for, for Darwin because I have some issues also, but do you have a like definitive starting lineup? Do you have a definitive closing lineup? I think it's crazy that the Lakers essentially haven't played the four man combination that got them to the Western conference. Okay, uh, fine, fine. But answer the question I, because I don't know. I don't have a, like I have some ideas, but I don't have like a five man group where I'm like, these dudes have to start and these dudes have to close. I, I understand. Look, you and I both, right. We're on team start Prince at the start of the year, right? Yes, yes we were. Um, I think now that it's kind of whatever. But we were also I, on I, team D'Lo and Austin. D'Lo less. I I don't know. I you I've, you were not start. You were not on team start D'Lo at the beginning of the year. Oh no no no! I, I, like starting D'Lo, yeah. I I. But like we found out that D'Lo, Austin, and Prince is just not a good combination. It has right? not. It, it not means so not far. a good combination. It did not work. Um and and. So like now I, I I don't know you've tried the the other creative things I would kind of simplify it down and I would play the guys that got you to the Western Conference Finals I would start them you know um, so and- I would personally I would start D'Lo Austin Vando although he still doesn't look entirely right yet he still doesn't no LeBron and AD or Rui for Vando that's what I would start. But the fact that there is like we're going back and forth about this, and we're like, do you want to start D'Lo and Austin together? I don't know. Wait, should it be Vando? I don't know. Torian shot the ball well recently. So my point is, when teams have it figured out, like there is, this is our group, right? This is who you know. Denver starts. Denver starts Murray and KCP and MPJ and Aaron Gordon and Joker, and that's like. And they're just monsters, right? They just yeah, are the leaders. destroyer of worlds. And it doesn't matter what you do; that's what we do, right? We don't have to work. We don't have to think about it. Do they close with that? Usually, but like not. And like now, the good another here. I'm bringing up the Warriors again. But last year and the year before that, literally the best lineup on planet Earth was Steph, Clay, Andrew Wiggins, Draymond, and Looney. Last year and the year before. This year, it hasn't really worked. And Steve Kerr has been scrambling, trying to figure something out. So I just, so in Darwin's defense, like if you and I can't say like, how could you not play these five guys? I like, I have some ideas, but I don't, I don't have, I think we're being too hard on Darwin when we're like, it's so obvious. These are, this is the answer. I have ideas, but I don't know that I have the answer either. The Lakers are in a strange place where like, Depth is good and bad, right? Like the Lakers have 10 or 11 or 12 guys that are NBA guys. They're all NBA rotation players and should probably play. 
And so that depth is, that's a good thing. But what you really want is this is our five or six or seven guys. And then we have such good depth that if something happens with some of those guys, they can backfill and play. The Lakers have LeBron and AD and then like 10 guys that all are like, yeah, they can play. Is tonight the night for them? Kind of. Is this the matchup for them? Maybe Austin maybe Austin is removed from that. But after Austin, like Rui, yeah, but sometimes not. Vando, yeah, but not really offensively. Delo. I still like, contend though that like the version of, of Rui that we've seen to this point in the season um is not the version of of Rui that we will uh we would see more often if if the circumstances were better. But we do have to talk about D'Angelo Russell. And, well, let me and... let me answer this one question because he brings up uh true school 007. Ask Aaron, what about timeouts and challenges? So that I agree with. I do not think that Darwin has done a great job with timeouts. You will hear me on all access Lakers begging for timeouts two or three possessions before he calls them. Um, challenges are more complicated, but to be fair to the question, I do not think that Darvin, and that is obviously one, one metric for, for measuring coaching. And I do not think he's been great about that. Um, we have to talk about D'Angelo Russell again. Do we? Um, <laughs> Hold on. Do I have, do I have time to go get another drink? <laughs> go ahead. I, I'll, 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 You're going to uh, filibuster? No, I can filibuster. I have still a little bit left. I got a little bit. All right. So, uh, D'Angelo Russell in this one, um, again, struggled. And, uh, this is now the month of December has been a nightmare for him. He still managed to play 38 minutes. Um, his numbers look a lot better than they actually were. Seven of 19 from the floor, two of six from three point made shots at the end. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's kind of, you know, the stakes were gone. And, and, you know, there's nobody on this planet better than D'Angelo Russell without stakes. Uh, 17 points is what he finished with eight assists, four rebounds. Um, managed to get three block shots, which is hilarious. Uh, <laughs> hope he took the over there. Uh, but yeah, I, I, I'm going to go ahead and ban illustrious. This is, uh, he's doing a lot. Yeah. He's doing a lot. We're, we're good here. Uh, so the, the Angela Russell thing is, uh, it's tough because we are sitting here having this conversation on December 21st. D'Angelo Russell can't, nothing can happen with D'Angelo Russell until uh, January 15th. 15th. Correct. And nothing probably will happen with D'Angelo Russell until like February would be my guess. Late January, early February would be my guess. And so that still that gives you, you know, upwards of a month or so, where the Lakers need to win games, but D'Angelo Russell isn't playing at a level where he is going to help you win games. And most, like the thing that concerns me the most with the way that D'Angelo Russell is playing, is it's very clear D'Angelo Russell, who is like one of the most confident people, I think that. <laughs> that you'll ever meet right like he's he's a very confident human being outwardly he is a very smart and, and emotionally intelligent person i think he's a very self-aware 
um, person, you know, away away from the court and, and just in general. But he just there are times where and he just he just clearly has lost all footing within this offense. Aaron, you had mentioned before that uh, LeBron has basically like surveyed the land and 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 taken note of the way that he is capable of playing. And he's kind of retaken the reins offensively, and that has yes, had an I impact. Said, yes, I said I think LeBron has surveyed himself and found what he. I was going to give you more time because you've been like dying in the background. Are you okay? No, there was we had it. It was uh, it was it was not good. Um, the the, gin, the think, ginger ale like the ginger ale hit your body, and you're like, wait a second, this isn't alcohol. <laughs> what is this? What is this non-alcohol and sugar? <laughs> 